We are on Yavamos Yates Amid Aleph 19a1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We left off with a question from last week's recording. And so just a brief review and then we will continue on in the Gemara. We had the opinion of Rub Shimon in the Mishnah. Rub Shimon in the Mishnah said that there are certain cases where, even though according to the first opinion, there would be an exemption from Yibam Rechalitza based on the principle of Eishis Echav Shiloh by Olamau, that the brothers were not alive at the same time, Rub Shimon says that no, it doesn't apply in certain cases. And as of now, the Gemara explains, based on the opinion of Rub Oshia, we're going to see that there are others who argue in later recordings, but as of now, the opinion of, of Rab Oshia is that Rab Shimon argues with regards to the two cases of the Mishnah, with regards to the case of the Mishnah on Yilches Amabez, which we learned and studied last week, and also on the first Mishnah of the Perak. Those cases, the first case was a case where if you have uh, two brothers who are alive, one brother passes away, uh, and then before the, the without any children, before the sec, the live brother is able to do Yibam or Chalitza, there's a new brother that's born. So Ruvain passed away, Shimon was the live brother, and then Levi is born. So the Tanakhama, the first opinion says that that's an exemption, that since Levi was never alive at the same time as Ruvain, there's an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza for Levi. Uh, and that's the first case. The second case is where before Levi is born, Shimon does Yibam with Ruvain's wife. So let's say Ruvain's wife is Rachel, uh, Shimon does Yibam with Rachel, and then Levi is born. In that case, too, the first opinion says that there's an exemption of Yibam Chalitza, even when Shimon passes away without any children, Levi is still exempt from Yibam or Chalitza with Rachel. Rabbi Shimon, in that case, also argues and says that no, even in that case, there would be an obligation of Yibam or Chalitza for Levi uh, to, do some, to do either Yibam or Chalitza with Rachel. The Gemara wanted to understand the logic behind Rabbi Shimon to say that he argues even on the first case, that even in a case where Levi is born before before Shimon is able to do Yibam Rechalitza, why would we say that Levi is obligated to do Yibam Rechalitza? This should be a classic case of Eishis Achav Shalayi Ba'olamo, a case where the brothers weren't alive. Levi was never alive when Ruben was alive. And so the Gemara at this point wants to explain that maybe Rabbi Shimon holds Yesh Zika, that there is a strong connection since Reuben passed away and Shimon was alive, there's a strong connection between Shimon and Rachel. It's, as, it's like they're married. It's Zika Kiknusa. It's like they're actually married. Since it's like they're actually married, even before they do Yibam, it's like they're actually married. So then when Levi is born, and then Shimon passes away, uh, so then when Levi is born, sorry, and then when Levi is born, and then afterwards Shimon does Yibam with uh, with Rachel, Shimon completes the whole marriage. They're already viewed as married through Zika, but completes the whole marriage through Yibam with Rachel, and then Shimon passes away. So then Levi would be obligated to do Yibam Rachelitza because at the time that Levi's born, Rachel is not viewed as Reuben's wife, but is really viewed as Shimon's wife. She's really married to Shimon uh, because we say that even before Levi was born, before Yibam was done, there's a certain connection between Shimon and Rachel. And so therefore, it's like Levi was born after Shimon and Rachel were married. That's how strong the Zika connection is. That's how strong the connection is. Right away, once Reuben passes away, it's like Shimon and Rachel are married. And so the Gemara now questions that. And we're going to see that there are going to be a few questions uh, with regards to this. So we'll see, we're in the middle of one question uh, based on other statements of Reb Shimon. Because this is a 
this is a pretty extreme position to take that it's like they're actually married, which have which would have various ramifications. Even before you do Yibam or Chalitza, the live brother is married to uh, Ruvain's wife, to his to the sister-in-law. And so the first question that we had was based on the following case. That it says in a Mishnah that let's say you have the following case. You have three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. They're all alive. They're ma- they all have their own wives. They're all married. Not to anybody that's related to anybody else. Just a regular case where three brothers are married to three to three wives. One of them dies. Ruvain dies without any children. Shimon does what we call ma'amar. Ma'amar is the rabbinic form of an engagement. We don't require an engagement on a biblical level at for for this situation of of yibam, but we do require it on a rabbinic level. And Shimon does ma'amar, and then before. He's able to actually complete it through Yibam, he passes away. So Reuben passed away, Shimon passed away also. And now, without any children, and now Levi is the only live brother left. And so, Reb Shimon says that, well, Shimon was actually married to Leah. He did Ma'amar with Rachel. And if we were to say that, that Zika makes it like they're totally married... So then it would be like Shimon has two wives. He has Rachel and he has Leah. Even before he did Yibam. He passed away before he did Yibam. But still, if you really view it as though they're married, so then he has two wives, so then the law should be, if, if our logic is correct, the law should be that Levi could do Yibam to one and that exempts the other because we only have to do Yibam to one of the co-wives. But that's not what Rib Shimon says, which is why we have the question. Rib Shimon says you have to do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other. And the logic behind that, as of now, explains the Gemara is that you have to do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other, is because Rabbi Shimon wasn't sure. He wasn't sure how, how not just does how, now how closely connected Zika makes them, but even even if you did Ma'amar, which is the rabbinic engagement, he wasn't even sure how much of a connection that creates. Do we say that Rachel and Leah, Shimon's wife, Leah and uh, Shimon did Ma'amar with, with Rachel, do we say they're actually co-wives? If they are co-wives, so then just doing Yibam alone would work. Or do we say that? No, maybe they're not even related at all. They're not co-wives at all. And if they're not co-wives at all, then you would have to, you would have to do Yibam Rechalitza to each one. Because Leah is Shimon's wife. Rachel is Reuben's wife. And then you would have to do uh, Yibam Rechalitza to each one. You can't do Yibam to both. Because then maybe they are really co-wives. And if they're really co-wives, then it's, there's a prohibition to do Yibam to both. You can't do... It's, one is the mitzvah of Yibam, the other one it would be your sister-in-law. So there'd be a prohibition. So that's why he says, do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other. Because he wasn't sure. The point is, he wasn't sure are they viewed as co-wives or not. Which goes against what he's been... The opinion of Rabbi Shimon, which is the way we've been understanding until now, is that right when the brother passes away without any children, it's like they are married and it should be viewed as co-wives. So why don't we say for Rabbi Shimon that it's viewed as co-wives? That's the essential question. In that case where you have uh, the two brothers who pass away, and for the second brother, he even did Mamar. It's not just Zika, but he did Mamar. We don't view it as though his own wife, Leah and Rachel, are full-fledged co-wives. And why not? Maybe he'll answer as follows. Really? Rabbi Shimon holds Yesh Zika Kiknusa. That really they are married and Rachel and Leah in that case where you have two brothers, they both pass away. One after another, Reuben passes away and then Shimon passes away. That Shimon was really at that 
before he passed away, after his brother Reuben passed away, he really is like he's married to Rachel. And it's like he has two wives. And really, technically, on a biblical level, Levi, who's the last brother who's alive, could do Yibam to one and exempts the other one because you, you only have to do Yibam to one of the co-wives. But there's a rabbinic prohibition to say that, no, don't do it because we might get confused. Uh, so don't do it. We don't want it, even though it's true. Ultimately, it's true that they're co-wives, but uh, we're concerned that it's going to lead to confusion. And so therefore, we say that, no, don't do it. We do chalitza to the other one. Best to do chalitza to the other one so that we don't get confused. Do yibam to one and chalitza to the other one. And that, that's the suggestion. So really, maybe he does hold Jezika. But the Gemara says, no. It's not true. You cannot say that. That that's the understanding of Rabbi Shimon. Because Rabbi Shimon even says, when he's explaining that Mishnah, his statement in that Mishnah, that you should do Yibam to one and chalitza to the other, he says explicitly, it's because he's not sure how closely related Rachel and Leah are. Whether Rachel and Leah are actually co-wives, based on Zika and Ma'amar, and Maimar, or do we say that they're not really related? And then it's like, uh, Shimon only has one wife, Leah. Rachel was married to Ruven, and it's two wives. But not that there's such a close connection. Again, the whole discussion here is how close of a connection is it just through Zika alone? And Rav Shimon, it seems to be, he wasn't sure. We have an explicit brisa which says that. Ditanya. Amr lahem Rav Shimon lachacham. Rav Shimon explaining his logic to the Chams, to the Chachamim, explains... That Rabbi Shimon says that it's unclear what the Mamar, if the Mamar makes it like Rachel, who was originally Ruben's wife, is now viewed as Shimon's wife, and it's like they are two co wives for Shimon, or that now that when Levi does Yibam to Rachel, it's like he's doing Yibam to Ruben's wife, not to Shimon's wife. So he says explicitly that Rabbi Shimon's concern is that he's not sure who is. Rachel married to at the time, uh, at the time of Levi doing Yibam with her, is it Ruvain's wife? Is Rachel viewed as Ruvain's wife? Is Rachel viewed as Shimon's wife? And so that's unclear for Reb Shimon. So it's, if it's unclear for Reb Shimon, so then Reb Shimon does not hold that Zika is like you're, with certainty that you're actually viewed as married. Which is the uh, the whole reason why we come onto this is because that was the assumption of the Gemara to explain Reb Shimon with regards to our Mishnah. It is a bit complicated. So. Again, we have our Mishnah, which says that, just to review our Mishnah, our Mishnah is a case uh, where uh, you have two brothers who are alive, one brother passes away, and then you have the other brother. Before that brother is able to do Yibam Rechalitza, a third brother is born. Levi is then born. And we say that for Shimon, that Levi would not do, would have an obligation, sorry, would have an obligation to do Yibam Rechalitza because, because he is we view it as though Yesh Zika, there's such a close relationship, and it's like Shimon already married Rachel, already married Reuven's wife, then Shimon passes away, and then Levi should do Yibam with Rachel, because Rachel is not viewed as Reuven's wife, because of the, such a close connection, he's viewed as Shimon's wife. The question that we had on that was, from the case of the three brothers, one brother passed away, and then the second brother passed away, where it seemed to say that, according to Reb Shimon, it wasn't viewed as such a strong connection. So Abaye now in the Gemara has the following interesting suggestion. Abaye says, I have a great solution. It depends on the case. If there's only one live brother, we say it's like they're married. Because that makes sense. When you have one live brother and you have the sister-in-law, 
So then you could say it's like they're married because she's now, it's as if she's married to the one brother-in-law. And then when Levi's born, if Levi's born after that, and then Shimon passes away, so then you could say it's like Shimon's wife is Rachel, is also Rachel. But if you have multiple brothers who are alive at the time that Reuven passes away, how could you tell me that Rachel, who is Reuven's wife, is now married to two, two of the brothers? You can tell me that there's such a strong zika to both brothers, the remaining brothers who are alive? It's very difficult to say such a thing, that it's like she's actually married uh, to both brothers. You can only be married to one person. So maybe the distinction between our Mishnah and the other Mishnah is a distinction about how many brothers are alive after the first brother passes away. If it's one brother, so then I can understand that it's like they're married. If it's multiple brothers, then it's more difficult. That is the suggestion of Abaye, which again, we'll, we'll get to as we go through the Gemara. We'll get to it again as we go through the Gemara. That is all. Suggestion number one, why? Uh, the Gemara questioned this concept that does Rabbi Shimon really hold that Zika is like you're actually married? And then it, it said that maybe there's a distinction between um, one brother versus two brothers. That's the concluding part of that of, of that part of the Gemara. Again, so just let's take a step back. What are we trying to do here? Uh, Rabbi Shimon said in the Mishnah that there are certain cases where Eish Yisachab Shalei is not an exemption where they, they even though Levi was alive at a different time from his brother Ruvain, there still is an obligation of Yibam or Chalitza. It was unclear exactly which case Rabbi Shimon was arguing on. And at this stage of the Gemara, we're assuming that he's even arguing on a case where Levi was born, the third brother was born, certainly after Reuben passed away, but also uh, before Shimon was even able to do Yibam. It was before Shimon was able to do Yibam. If it's after Shimon did Yibam with Rachel, so then I can understand the logic, Levi's born afterwards. In Levi's world, Rachel is Shimon's wife. So then when Shimon passes away, it makes sense that Levi could do Yibam, because Levi was alive during Shimon's time. But if Levi was born before Shimon did Yibam, so then Rachel is Reuben's wife, and Reuben and Levi were never alive at the same time. And so the Gemara said, well, the logic behind it is that really Shimon and Rachel are viewed as married the moment Reuben passes away. Based on this concept of Zika, they create this connection, an automatic connection. So Levi is born after that. So even in that case, where Levi is born before Shimon does Yibam, but he was still born after Shimon, it's like Shimon and Rachel were married. And therefore he would be, Levi was alive at the same time as Shimon, and he would be um, obligated to do Yibam Rechalitza. So the Gemara says, but... Is that really true? Does Rabbi Shimon really hold that? I could, we're going to quote a Brisa, which seems to imply not like that. There's a rule. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon seems to say, if Levi was born before Shimon is able to do Yibam, Levi's totally exempt. Totally exempt. Because he was never alive at the same time as Reuven. <coughs> Reuven passed away. Levi was born. Shimon didn't do anything yet. So Levi and Rachel is is total exemption because Levi was not born at the same time, was not alive at the same time as Reuven. But if it's the other case, if it's Nisun Kodum Leda, Ochalas, it's Ombuz Evemes. If first Shimon did Yibum and then Levi is born, so then it makes sense because when Shimon passes away, for Levi, Levi was alive at the same time as Shimon and for Levi, Rachel was Shimon's wife, not Reuven's wife. So it makes sense that you would have to do Yibum Rechalitza. So the Gemara says, doesn't this prove against the way we're thinking? My love Doesn't this? Aren't we dealing here where there's one brother-in-law, and the case is where uh, we say that if Levi is born before Shimon's able to do yibum, so then there is an obligation to do chalitzer yibum because sorry, there's no sorry, there's no obligation to do chalitzer yibum 
because Levi was not alive at the same time as Reuven. And it was before Shimon was able to do Yibam. So the answer is, No, Bishnei Yivanman, Avabiyavim Echad, Mai, Hachanami, Ochaletes, O, Misyavemes. The Gemara answers that, you know what? No. The case of this klal, of this rule of Rabbi Shimon, was not dealing with one brother-in-law. If there was one brother-in-law, there would be an obligation for Levi, because as we mentioned before, Abayi's differentiation between one brother and multiple brothers, that if there's one brother, it's like Shimon and Rachel are married. Even before Shimon does Yibam, one, the moment Uvain dies, it's like Shimon and Rachel are married automatically, and then Levi's born. So then it makes sense. Levi has an obligation to do Yibam Rechlitza. The case that Rabbi Shimon is dealing with is where there are multiple brothers. When there's multiple brothers, so then it depends whether it's before or after. Because if it was before they did Yibam, so then there's an exemption because there's no Zika. Zika is not as strong. If it was after they did Yibam and then Levi's born, so then there would be an obligation of Chalitza or Yibam because when Levi's born, Shimon's wife is Rachel. He under, for Levi, Rachel is Shimon's wife, not Ruvain's wife. So the Gemara questions this answer to say that Rabbi Shimon, when he says this rule, it's talking about specifically when there are multiple brothers. Because the Gemara says, "Yehachet the Tanya Nisun Kodim Kodim on the Leido Ochalatzes Amisivem as like a Vulit Nebididab and Medav Ramurim Bishnei Yivam and Vav Yav Echad Ochalatzes Amisivem as Kula Bishnei Yivam in Kamairi." But the Gemara asks, "Well, am I Kula?" So essentially, the Gemara says as follows: The Gemara says, "Well, you want to tell me that Reb Shimon would differentiate between one or two brothers? That if it's one brother, there is such a strong connection to say that if Levi is born after that." Even before Yibam, he would have an obligation to Yibam or Chalitza. But if they're multiple brothers, we don't say there's such a strong connection. If that's really what Rav Shimon holds as a, as a differentiation, so then in his rule, Rav Shimon says there's a difference whether the Levi is born before or after Yibam. Say a different rule. Say the rule. According to Rav Shimon, there's a difference whether there's one brother or two brothers. Make that the rule. Why don't we have that as the rule? Is that is the difference. Zimur says, no, to that, maybe Rav Shimon was just talking about always two brothers. He didn't want to make that differentiation. He was discussing a case of where there are two brothers. And the difference is whether Levi is born before or after Shimon does Yibam. But the problem that the Gemara has with this is Why would we say that this is a rule? This is the rule of Rav Shimon. Implies, this applies in all cases. This is a rule that we should, that we should use. Um, if it's a rule, so then we shouldn't say, well, it only applies when there's two brothers, not when there's one brother. A rule means that this is the rule that applies across the board. So that's the question of the Gemara. Okay, so that, in the end, really, the Gemara is going to have another question, but this is a pretty strong question. In the end of the day, based on the statement of Rav Shimon, essentially Rav Shimon says, I hold that there's a difference between, my rule is, my klal, my rule is, I hold there's a difference whether Levi is born before Shimon does Yibam or whether or Levi is born after Shimon does Yibam. Essentially, if Levi is born before Shimon does Yibam, there's an exemption because Levi, with regards to Rachel, Levi and Reuben were not alive at the same time, there's an exemption. If Levi was born after Shimon did Yibam with Rachel, so then once Shimon dies without children, Levi could do Yibam with Rachel because with regards to Levi, Rachel is just Shimon's wife. He was only born after Shimon was married to Rachel. So the Rav Shimon makes such a distinction. So this goes completely against what we originally said, which was that Rav Shimon wouldn't make such a distinction. It seems to be that we have a proof to say that Rav Shimon does make such a distinction because he, apparently he doesn't hold that Zika is that strong. Zika is not so strong to say like they're married the moment Ruvain passes away. So this is one very strong question on our original assumption that Rabbi Shimon would not differentiate between the two cases. 
Um, really, it seems to be that he does differentiate. We're going to see in the next recording that there's another question. There can be another another proof to show how Rabbi Shimon would also differentiate whether or not Levi is born before or after Shimon Dazibum.